It is Monday, April 10th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan is along for the ride as well. Oh, my baseball belly is full after Mm. watching a ton of action this weekend. So many good storylines just a week and a half into the season, dude. I agree. And then last night you have Sunday Night Baseball, but you, you could have turned that game off early, which is probably good for your, your full stomach. We can't be having that all the time, Rose. So you talk about your weight. Let's go, man. Oh, man. Yesterday was a rough day for me with Easter. Ooh, we had the What'd family over, and it was just – we just we were, we were here. We'd play our little egg game, which is always fun. We have a bracket. You know, you, you have a hard-boiled egg, and you hit the other person's egg, and both sides mm-hmm. of the egg break. Then you're out, and the other person moves on. So my my brother in law Michelle's uh, Michelle's brother second straight championship for him kind of pissed me off coming to my house and take down the title. It's upsetting. <laughs> you know what else is upsetting about it? What happened to our Pittsburgh Pirates? That's why I'm wearing their lid today. Their most energetic, passionate player out there, O'Neill Cruz, is out the next several months. Fractured ankle. He had surgery last night. Play at the plate. Late slide into Semi Zavala. Debbie didn't like it. Started yelling at him. Carlos Santana didn't like that. Started yelling at him. Point is, Cruz is done for several months with a fractured ankle. Here's Zebby on what happened. I wasn't too happy about how late the slide was, but I was just talking to Santana about it. And- he said something I didn't like, or he, he didn't like what I said. He said something I didn't like, and um, that's what, what happened. I think in a couple of days, everybody will forget about it. Unfortunate that he got, you heard what happened, <laughs> fractured his ankle. No, what happened? Yeah, yeah. fracture. It was an ankle yeah, fracture. Just, yeah. just a baseball player. Yeah. Didn't want anybody to get hurt. Didn't want it to escalate that far. Um, it escalated, and can't really do anything about it. Okay, a uh, lot to unpack here. Did the Let's start with this. Did the Pirates overreact? I don't think they overreact. I think, you know, Santana saw Zavala kind of like yelling at uh, Cruz, which like he probably is warranted to yell at him. But the fact that Cruz is lying on the floor hurt, it just kind of like rubs Santana the wrong way. Uh, This play, man, we've had a bunch of plays to the plate already this year. I just talked about it on Talking Baseball. We've talked about it already on the show. There's just no good option for a runner really going into the plate. That's, I don't know what happened with Cruz there. To be honest with you, that one, he could have just slid in feet first and everything would have been okay. Zavala was giving him plenty of play to work with. I know the throw went up high. Maybe that got him a little weird. He was trying to go on, on the inside part of uh, the third baseline to block the throw, but he could have slid right there much. It was late and it was high and it was awkward. And I'm not really sure what his thought process was there. Now he's going to miss a bunch of time, which is unfortunate. Um, these plays to the plate, man, when typically when the catcher's getting the ball and, and essentially blocking the plate, there's really not a lot of good options. This is kind of, this play was a little bit different. I'm not really sure what, what Cruz was thinking right there. Well, well, I mean, you know better than me, but it just seemed like a, he was caught in between. We often hear guys caught in between when they're swinging in between what trucking him because you can't do that anymore. Like, no, I don't think he was trying to truck him i just thought i don't know what he was thinking uh, unfortunately um i have no problem with how anybody handled stuff on the field sebi no. because he did get he 
he did get kind of run into and we don't run into catchers anymore. That doesn't happen. So I understand why he was a little pissed off. He didn't know how severely O'Neill Cruz was injured at the time. He just thought maybe he was lying down on the ground and, you know, some guys take a little longer time when there is some physical altercation mishap. I understand Santana want to run out and protect a guy that he sees as a younger brother. I see, I understand all of that. If I am going to nitpick here, it's going to be Sebi's post-game reaction. When they said, hey, did you hear what happened? He goes, no. He said fractured ankle. First thing out of his mouth was it's a baseball play. How about, like, dude, God almighty, that sucks. And he did say, you know, nobody wants to see anybody get injured. Great. Check mark there. But how about that? That really sucks. And, and I'm, you know, this isn't in the heat of the moment. The rest of the stuff was heat of the moment. So we don't know where our, how our brain, this is after the game, after everybody's had a chance to cool down, after everybody showered, all this sort of stuff, have some compassion. That's all. Not the biggest deal in the world. If, if, he could have done it again. I think he probably would have chosen his words a little differently. I don't know. Yeah, I think that caught him off guard. He was, I think he was still fired up from the play and, you know, the bench is cleared and that's, you know, like that'll get the adrenaline running a little bit there. So I think he was just caught off guard with it. I bet if you asked him right now, but, uh, obviously that's horrible. Um, but again, I, I just, I don't know, man. You just got to slide there. I'm yeah. not, I, I don't know uh, what happened. So let's let's add the Pirates are off to a great start for them. They've had some really nice series wins over a pair of socks. Um, so now what? It looks like Castro or Bay is going to end up being their everyday shortstop or some combination of that group. What does this mean, big picture for this franchise? I mean, big picture, probably nothing. You know, they'll get him back. He'll have to rehab and, and come back. I don't think this was a contending year for them anyway. I know they've gotten off to a nice start. Uh, some guys are going to get some opportunities. I think that's one way you could look at it. Uh, as far as O'Neill Cruz, I don't think it's going to affect him much. You want him getting these at bats. He'll come back. He'll be okay. So big picture, I don't think it affects it that much. But uh, in the short term, like I said, it creates opportunities. And I think that's the best way to look at it. If you're a Pirates fan, like let's see what what somebody else can do at this position. We know that O'Neill can can be a guy for us. Um, but I think that um, again, big picture, nothing. Well, it sucks if you're a Pirates fan. I'm not going to paint it, you know, oh, somebody's getting an opportunity. No, that's not the way I am I can look at it uh, <laughs> because he is the best, most exciting player that we've got. And I look forward to him playing every day. They have This is a franchise that has suffered a ton of losing. The last three years, they won 31% of their games during the pandemic shortened season and back-to-back 100 lost seasons. I am sick of it. And if I'm a Pirates fan – Look, Andrew McCutcheon came back to a thunderous ovation. That was a wonderful moment. You have a team that is littered with players who have played in big games, who have won an MVP, who have some who have played in all-star games, all sorts of fun stuff. Like it is a, you could root for this team, but you want to have the guy there. And now to have, oh, you know, your little 12-year-old kid is like, Oh, I can't wait to wear my O'Neill Cruz jersey to the first game I'm going to in May. And now he's not playing. 10 to 12 weeks is a long time. Shoot. I thought it'd be less than that. Yeah, it's no good. I mean, I, I'm trying to sugarcoat it for them, for the Pirates fans. Obviously, yeah, they know can't. that it's not, it's not great. Um, but again, I, I think big picture, we're okay here. This is not like a career ending yeah. injury. He'll be fine. No, oh. no. 
but they've anyway. been a fun team to watch so far. I just they've like been to see it continue on for a couple months. That's they've all. been great. Yeah. All right. Let's and move it can. On. It still can, Chris. You know, this isn't the end. Okay. Reigning AL MVP Aaron Judge had his 28th career multi-homer game, his first one of this season Sunday as the Yankees took a series in the Charm City. Uh, Does Judge have to come close to duplicating last year's gargantuan offensive season for him to win MVP again? Yeah. I don't even think he's going to. Even if he did the exact same thing, and, I mean, the homers definitely helped him out. But if he he had the same kind of numbers with – with 45 or 50 home runs, I don't think he would sniff it. I think Shohei Otani is going to run away with this thing. You know how I feel. I thought he should have won it last year. But even, I mean, look, this is a fast start for Judge. Uh, three homers already, 1.1 1. 1, uh, OPS, 201 OPS plus. Otani, uh, excuse me, that's Otani's number, so I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Four homers for Judge, um, a 1.1 1. 1 OPS, 226 OPS plus, but then Shohei's just right on his heels, man. And oh yeah, Shohei also is freaking lights out of the mound. It's, it, I love Aaron Judge. I love watching this guy play. I hate having these discussions pitting Otani versus Judge because I feel like every single time I'm like, well, obviously Otani's the better player because he is. He's the more valuable player. I don't even think it's even close. And it makes me sound like I'm a Judge hater and I'm not. Can I just like watch this guy? and enjoy him without having to constantly compare and ask if he's going to win the MVP. I, I mean, he's not going to. Like, if, Sho, if, if Shohei is healthy all year, he's going to win the MVP because he is at seemingly at the top of his game. I and mean, maybe he's not even at the top of his game. Maybe he's, there's more levels to him. But what he's doing is just, is just too incredible. And, and for anybody to top him, they're going to have to do something completely historic, I guess, and that's what Aaron did last year. On this, uh, on this amazing journey that I've called a career in the last several decades, one of my stops was 20-plus years ago covering the golf beat when Tiger Woods was kicking everyone's ass, okay? And in 2000 and 2001, I followed him around the world as he ended up winning the Tiger Slam, winning four straight major championships. And the last one came at St. Andrews at uh, the Open Championship, the British Open, if you will. We interviewed Hall of Fame golfer Tom Watson when he came off the court as, of course, as Tiger was still on the course, but he was wrapping up this monumental win. And we asked him about Tiger, and he goes, guys, I want you to remember this moment because Tiger is setting the bar so high, not even he will be able to jump over it. Just remember it because you're never going to see this again, and you're going to want Tiger to do it every year, and it is not going to happen. So that's the point with Aaron Judge. What would he have to do this year in order to say have all of the voters for the MVP go, damn, you were the MVP again. Is he going to help the Yankees win the division? Well, they did that again. Is he going to hit 60? Well, he hit 62 last year. So the problem is he's already set a bar. How much higher can he jump? Do you know how many repeat winners of the AL MVP we have seen in the last three decades? I have no idea. I know Bonds did it a bunch and probably yeah. Pujols so, too. That's just NL, in the American I know that. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. No, League, I have no idea. There have been two consecutive winners, okay? In Trout three decades? Can I try to name them? Sure, there's two. Trout hasn't done it? Okay. In the American League, 
I give up already. Okay. Well, you played against one, Miguel Cabrera. I was going to say Miguel Cabrera. Shoot, I didn't think he did it. Here's the amazing thing about Miguel Cabrera. He won the Triple Crown in 2012 and was better in 2013. Yes. His OPS was up 80 points. His batting average was 348 compared to 330. Had the same number of homers. So he was statistically better. And both years, the Tigers won the division. The only other one to win back-to-back in that span is Frank Thomas, who in 93 helped the White Sox end a 10-year playoff drought. He had phenomenal numbers. The next year was the strike-shortened season. He only had three fewer homers, and his OPS was almost 200 points higher than the previous season. So they had they were like, oh, my God, you were, you were going to hit 50 homers this year. We have to give it to you. So unless Aaron Judge hits 65, 68 homers, and the Yankees win the division by 15 games, it's not happening this year, people. It is not going to happen. I think he might have to hit 70. Like that might be the benchmark to unseat Shohei. Because mm-hmm. Shohei right now, also people, two games started, 12 innings pitched, one earned run. The guy's a freak. Um, I mean, oh. that's not even a right the right word for him. He's a god. He's a baseball god. We Teddy's been watching a lot of these uh, baseball doesn't exist YouTube shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of good information there. Uh and yesterday he was watching one on Shohei. And what's funny is I see Olivia sitting on the couch watching it with him. She even she understands what Shohei means to the sport. Like she, you know, she watched me play and you know, she's she's seen a lot of ball herself. No one's ever seen anything like Shohei Otani. And we probably won't ever again see something like Shohei Otani. Okay. But here's the bigger question. If there was no Shohei. Don't you think Judge would still have a tough time winning the MVP? Because we're always looking for the bright, new, shiny toy. So if somebody else was sure. good enough to help a team get to a different level than they hadn't been in a few years, then they're going to go, oh, well, that guy obviously is the MVP. I think it's all so fucked up that we don't know what an MVP is anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think Judge could be one of the guys. Like, I think that he his star is so bright that he might – if Shohei was gone, he wasn't in this league, just didn't exist, mm-hmm. and you get 62 homers last year, you win the MVP, and he comes out this year and, and has another huge offensive season, I think I think he's a guy that you could – the riders would be okay with him winning it twice or back-to-back. And, you know, he's good with the media, like, you know, doesn't – fuck around like he's a good dude like i think that that means something to them um so he could be the guy but unfortunately show hey does exist <laughs> all right word of warning everybody out there it's time for you to clean up not your act your face mm. that's right harry's makes shaving so so easy they consistently give you better razors than in-store options at the best price possible So here's the deal. You're probably saying, Rose, you've got a beard. What do you know about shaving? Yes, I've got two boys who are massively facially hairy. They need a razor. So we gave it to our oldest son, Josh. He loves this thing, and he complains about everything. He's got sensitive skin all over the place. He loved this thing. So I want you to get a quality shave without the hassle with a $3 Harry's trial set. The starter set is actually a $13 value for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash today. It includes a five-blade German-engineered razor, weighted handle, 
foaming shave gel, and a travel cover as well. It is perfect if you're on the go. Plus, you can schedule a replacement blade delivery whenever you need them with refills as low as two bucks. There is no reason not to try Harry's today. Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, and they're still offering a no-risk trial. I mean, if you don't like your shave, no worries. It's on them. Save the hassle. Set up your delivery. Get the best quality shave with Harry's. Get a $13 starter set for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash today. That is harrys.com slash today for a $3 starter set. I guarantee you will love it and look great. See, Rosie? Back to the baseball. Yeah, but I need you to stop for a second. I need to address something. One, I have Harry's razors. I had them before. They're even a sponsor on the show. Use them. Love them. Two, Kate in the chat says I was being a little insulting to my beautiful Olivia, and that's just not the case. Uh, I don't mean that she doesn't know ball. She knows ball. She's just not interested in ball. She'll tell you that right away. She loved watching me play, and you know some of my friends, she'll see how they're doing, but she doesn't she doesn't watch baseball, but she'll sit down and watch something on Shohei Otani. That's all I'm trying to say. Love you, Olivia. Kate, I'm with you. Kate, I'm with you. Good job. Way to call him out. You don't you dare. You know how I feel about okay, Olivia. We, you might, since since Olivia hasn't been watching much ball this year, you tell her that the Rays are the only unbeaten team still. I know we talked about them at the end of last week, but they swept the A's at home. They are 9-0. and They continue to be the talk of baseball. I picked the Yankees to win the division. You picked the Jays. Is Tampa actually the best team in the American League East? I don't know. I don't think so. I think that they're the best team right now as far as record-wise. Uh, and they're Thanks. doing a great job. They're a very good team. Okay? And and I think there are a couple things. First, I want to talk about how good they are. Then we can talk and bring them down a notch. Okay? Uh, we knew the rotation was going to be good. We knew the bullpen was going to be good. They have been lights out they've been rested more than usual because the starters have been giving them some length and we've been seeing some tampa bay race starters going into the seventh and eighth innings. like that doesn't sound like a tampa bay Rays team does it but we knew the pitching was going to be good but the hitters have absolutely showed up jake had some really fun stats uh on talking baseball about the rays uh, there are seven dudes with at least 20 at bats that are one dot net right now seven in lineup. I went even further. There's 11 guys with an OPS plus over 135. Like that is complete lineup destruction right there. And that's something I don't think we really expected from this group. I don't think it's going to be that way the entire year, but if we're getting, if we're getting our dudes at the top of the lineup, having normal years and we have the guys at the bottom of the lineup, you know, performing at above a uh, league average rate, and they stay healthy, then we're talking about a team here that can be anybody and can compete with anybody. So as far as them being the best team in the AL East, they're one of them. And I think it's, it's hard to answer that question because this is such a, well, this is such a difficult division. I mean, I Just still look answer at the, yes or no. If you no, could repick your order of finish, okay, then no, that's fine. No, they're not. To, to me, they're not. I still think that uh, the Blue Jays are the best team in the division. Um, I don't really want to talk about the schedule of the Rays, although you could talk about the schedule of the Rays. Um, I'm still going Blue Jays. I think that I would probably go Blue Jays, 
Rays Yankees right now, as far as if I'm just looking at teams and, 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 you know, 162 type stuff, I'm, I'm going Blue Jays Rays Yankees. Okay. I'll stay with my pick. I'm not jumping ship. We have played 5.5% of the schedule. I am not going anywhere. I Are am- you saying a small sample size? Is that what you nope. just said? Did not. I'm stating a fact, which is we played 5.5. So if the question is, Chris, would you like to, we'll give you a mulligan. You can re-tee on the American League East. Are you changing your answer? No. No. That's not a shot at the Rays. I think the Yankees will edge out the Blue Jays and then the Rays in a very tightly contested division. Uh, I have been extremely impressed with the way that the Rays have swung the bat. I mean, they have allowed 18 runs in nine games. They have hit 24 homers. They've hit 24 homers. I get it. They've played three of the five worst teams in baseball. The Nats, Tigers, A's, we'll see at the top of the draft next year. It's ugly baseball. So what? I I look at it this way. If the Dodgers had gotten off to a 9-0 start and were playing shitty teams, or if the Yankees had gotten off to a 9-0 start and were playing shitty teams, wouldn't their fan bases be excited? Or would people be like, well, they haven't exactly played the schedule yet. I mean, come on. So what? You, you make it sound like they're the ones that booked the homecoming game. They're, they're playing the same game. Yeah. Every team gets to play these guys. Right. And a nine-game winning streak in baseball is impressive. I don't give a shit who it's against because you can have one day where your biorhythms are off. Your starting pitcher sucks. People will say, well, who's the best starting pitcher they faced? I get it. Nobody's arguing all that. It still takes a lot to win nine in a row, period. They're doing a great job. They're a really interesting team. And tonight they'll try and become the seventh team ever to start a season 10 and 0. Milwaukee Brewers, who I believe started 13 and 0 in 1987. Last team to do it. So we wish them luck as the Boston Red Sox come and charge him. All right. More impressive series from an NLS team over the weekend. The Padres taking three of four in Atlanta, or the Diamondbacks taking three of four at home against the Dodgers. I hate these questions so much. I'm going to go with the Padres. I hope you take the Diamondbacks. I, I want to talk about because I want to talk about both of them. That's why. That's why I well, hate these. That questions. doesn't mean that you hate the. That means that that means it's a good question. You, what you can say is, boy, that's a challenging question, Chris. Thank you for upping my brain. <laughs> that's what I mean when I say I hate these questions. I that's I really mean thank you so much, E. Rosie, for challenging my brain this early in the morning. That's what I really mean. Okay. Uh, I'll go with the uh, the Padres going into Atlanta and taking three out of four. Um, offense showed up enough, but really what surprised me was the ability for them to hold down the Braves' bats in the last three games. And they got some some nice starts um, there from Lugo and Waka. And, you know, guys that you necessarily maybe wouldn't expect to hold down uh, an offense um, like the Braves have. So that was really impressive. Uh, There's some more stuff at home plate in this series. Uh, But then I think for me, it was the reason it was impressive is because you got these performances from kind of under the radar guys. I mentioned, I mentioned Lugo, I mentioned Waka and then Hassan Kim and Nelson Cruz in that last game go off. We had a, I talked about the Sunday night baseball game. You know, this has a chance, uh, you know, to have a, be a split series, which, you know, a lot of four game sets are, uh, Braves prime time. You're like, okay, they're going to do it. And then the pod just made no game of it. I mean, they had Manny Machado, uh, mic'd up and he called for a double play. They got a double play. They just banged the ball around. And it, you like, honestly, it was, 
like I said, you could have turned the game off early because they went out 10 to freaking two in the last one. So going in, doing that to the Braves, impressive, but doing it with the guys, you know, uh, at the bottom of the roster, I would say, even more impressive. Um, so our our draft guru over at NFL Network, Daniel Jeremiah, the only thing he loves more than studying college kids and prepping for the draft are his beloved San Diego Padres. He texted me last night. He just he texted me, uh, I think, a, uh, a video of Tatis throwing somebody out at second. He's like, you know, the tweet said, I think yeah. th- this guy's going to be able to play, you know, once they're ready to bring him up. Like he, he'll be a really good right. He'll be okay. Him and help him. <laughs> you know, he'll, he should be fine. I was like, man, nice series this weekend in Atlanta. He's like, I loved it that Lugo and Waka did their thing. He's like, oh, and honey, I forgot about honey. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. After four surgeries, still being able to do his thing, um, and that's great. That was a fun series. We talked about it on Friday. That if we're you know, we have the ability as baseball fans to watch that come October. I think it'll be a fantastic series, whether it's a five or seven game series. Um, but I will talk about the Arizona Diamondbacks and Jake Good. Snakes. I remember that we asked the question as we were going through the divisional previews. We said, is Arizona, do they have the capability of being a team that could contend for a wild card spot? Because they 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 have some really interesting players. I, I need to see like six weeks of action before I feel like I could get on that train, but I do feel like there are pieces in place. Number one, few teams have been, uh, have more benefited from the rules changes than the Arizona Diamondbacks because their athleticism is shining through. They're 17 for 18 in stolen base attempts. That has become a big part of their offense. Josh Rojas said it yesterday. It was kind of interesting. It's like, it's like the cartoon when, now the rabbits got the gun said for the first time in my career against the Dodgers, I felt like we had them on the run a little bit. And it was really fun for us because the Dodgers have been kicking the shit out of this franchise for years, LA 38 and 10 against the diamondbacks over the previous three seasons. So far, they've played two, you know, two series so far, one in LA, one in Arizona, and the diamondbacks have the series lead. They are really getting it done on a lot of levels. Their pitching has been good enough, and they have taken it to the Dodgers. They what, they scored 23 runs on 33 hits on Saturday and Sunday combined. So, D-backs, I see you. I see you. You see him. I know. And then the first game, you know, you have Dustin May out there just carving you up and saying, dang, more of the same from the Dodgers. They win that one 5-2. But then for the Snakes to come back and win the next three, very impressive. That started with – Alongo, I think he tied the game up with a homer. Corbin Carroll right behind him. Corbin Carroll is so much freaking fun to watch. They have a lot of guys that are are fun to watch. Um, you're right about them on the base pass. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Them and the Guardians are kind of playing similar styles of ball. And it's working. Uh, like I said, to go down that first game and then to win the next three, going up against Kershaw, you know it's going to be difficult get that win because of, you know, Longo and Carroll. And then the next uh, two games, like you said, 23 freaking runs. I don't care who's pitching, you know, I don't care if it's Syndergaard and Grove, like 23 runs against Dodgers. And it wasn't a lot of power too. It was a lot of hits and just kind of moving around the base pass. Very impressive. I, I mean, I think that there's an outside shot that they contend for a wild card this year. I think that's, we both said that when we talked about it. Um, 
I don't know, man. They they could are they this year's guardians? You gotta see more they, from their pitching. Guardians won but the I, division, so no, they're not. They're not. Well, they're not gonna win their division, but they could they could stick around. I hope so, because uh, more teams the merrier. Uh, finally, more memorable first pitch in Cleveland over the weekend on Friday, two-time Super Bowl champion and Cleveland's own Travis Kelsey with the one hopper almost took Shane Bieber's face right off. Come on, Kelsey, clean up the act. And then on Saturday, it was none other than comedian Burt Kreischer. Yeah, he did his customary, let me show off my dad bod belly. And then he too bounced the first pitch in Cleveland. Which one was more memorable? I got a lot of I got a lot of phone calls asking if me and you were out there throwing first pitches in Cleveland. <laughs> you Friday I, and me Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, both horrible. I know throwing a first pitch is not easy. I, I'm not even sure how I would do if I got out there. If I'd be nervous, not probably not. I'd probably throw a freaking bullet for a strike. Um, I have a funny story about Kelsey. Uh, I've mentioned before, some people will say that him and I you know, have some similarities in the face. He's a little bit bigger than I am, a little bit more strong, a little bit more successful. He's got championships. But, uh, you know, there's some people who say we, we look alike. And my sister really likes Travis Kelsey. And she's like, that's not true. You guys don't look alike at all. And then I think it was last week or two weeks ago, one of her friends was over. And she was saying that, like, oh, you you know, Travis Kelsey, I mess with your sister all the time because she thinks Travis Kelsey's hot and you're her brother. And my sister's like, no, he doesn't look. So this, uh, her friend puts this picture up and it's like picture of me in, in, in Italy and I look good. I, that was a good day for me. And then she puts it up next to one of these pictures of Kelsey and we do look like really similar in these two pictures. And she showed it to my sister and my sister was like, I need to barf. This is so disgusting. So I don't know. They both both first pitches stunk, but I'll, I'll take uh, I'll take Kelsey because I like the way that he went after Bieber and apologized right away. He's mm-hmm. like, "I'm sorry, yeah. I almost hurt you." Okay, both horrible right. first. Hey, pitches. Michelle, Michelle, does does uh, Ploof look like Travis Kelsey? No, no. I don't. Gave it a there, are some, there are some. Pic, there are some no. pictures where we do, but I, he's a good-looking dude. I'll give him that over me. No big deal. He is. He's. But his his drip is way more immense than yours. Just want to let you know. He's rich. He's much richer than I am. Yes, he is. Yeah. He is. He got a lot going for him. Not for Bert long. Kreischer stuff is. You know what? I, I hopped on and watched some of his videos. He's got a movie coming out too about his he's whole Russian fun. act. Yeah, he is fun. No question. All right. Uh, very quickly, you got uh, talking baseball on Wednesday and then this the rest of the week. Any that covers it. Uh, latest episode of the Rose Rotation is out with Miguel Rojas. We also interviewed Lars Newtbar last week. He was amazing. Really good. That'll be coming out next week. Uh, we are back at it again on Tuesday at 1130 a.m. Eastern, 830 a.m. Pacific. If you want to join us on AMP, that would be wonderful. So for our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke. And Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Tuesday on Baseball Today.